greetings, everybody. Uh, we've made it through four episodes of Survivor Ghost Island, and I appreciate you uh, checking into this podcast here, the Film Survivor Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Santilli. Uh, thanks again, once again, for joining me uh, to talk about the latest episode. We're going to get into the exit interview uh, with the person that was voted out of this episode, as well as my little recap and uh, look ahead to next week. But before we do that, as I always do, I'm going to give you a little spoiler uh, heads up here. So if you haven't seen the episode yet, you don't want to get spoiled, you might want to pa- uh, pause this podcast or come back to it once you have gotten caught up with the latest episode, because we are going to spoil some things here. So there you go. There's your warning. And uh, yeah, with that, uh, like I said, coming up on the podcast, we're going to be talking to uh, Brendan Shapiro, uh, who was voted off of the show this week after what was really a solid episode. I really liked it. I really dug the Tribal Council. I thought... Uh, it was pretty exciting. So, again, you know, some exciting stretches of uh, uh, pre-merge episodes here. You know, I'm getting some rumblings, as I always do. Every season is not perfect. It's not going to always, you know, every it's not going to hit everybody perfectly always. Uh, but we're in season 36. Survivor's still winning its time slot. Uh, more people watched the premiere episode of this season of Survivor than they did the Bachelor uh, finale. So how about that? I don't watch Bachelor, so I don't know anything about that. But I know a lot of people are talking about it, and it kind of permeates, you know, pop culture. But Survivor, 36 seasons in, is still winning its time slot and is still outperforming uh, shows like that. So it's just quite incredible. But uh, yeah, you know, some some grumblings that we're not getting uh, a full view of the cast. You know, there's still a lot of uh, what we call purple edits. You know, like the referring to Purple Kelly from Survivor Nicaragua, who barely got any airtime whatsoever. Uh, you know, there's some people, this episode, we just heard from Chelsea, for example, for the very first time all season, I think. And, uh, you know, just in general, there are some things that people aren't liking about the season. I, for one, uh, think it's a good season. I I like it a lot as far as gameplay goes. You know, we were promised a lot of super fans. That's what we have. And there's been a lot of good gameplay so far. And I think there have been some good characters. Uh, yes, there's a lot more to delve into. There are a lot of more characters to kind of uh, meet and, and get you know familiar with. But uh, I'm giving it time because I, I kind of like the gameplay. This is definitely one of those seasons of gameplay. As far as the, the theme of Ghost Island itself, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I've kind of been down on, on it because I think it's kind of lame that the last, uh, you know, so far Ghost Island really just hasn't had much of an impact other than being like a cool name. Uh, you know, the very first episode we saw uh, the legacy advantage, you know, come out of it, which is maybe one of the lamer uh, survivor advantages, I think. You know, it's kind of cool, you know, the the week that it ends up being used. But up until then, it's just kind of a dumb thing to me. I don't know. But then you have uh, the next two weeks they go there and they don't even get to do anything at Ghost Island. The people just get the you know their little note that says no game or game off or whatever the hell it said. So, you know, I was kind of like, they have to do something more with Ghost Island. They just have to, you know, at some point. So this week uh, we finally <laughs> saw another person get an opportunity for a secret advantage, uh, Kellen, when she was sent to Ghost Island. We also saw that Ghost Island was kind of switched up a little bit. Thus far, uh, people had um, been immune uh, from uh, Tribal Council by going to Ghost Island. This time, they kind of switched when the person goes there. So Kellen actually was sent there following the reward challenge and came back in time for the immunity challenge. Uh, but she 
opted not to uh, play the game, not to go for the advantage. Instead, she kept her vote. And, uh, you know, in her situation, I think it was probably the best choice. You know, her, her, her thing back at camp was that it was, it was five to four. And it, that's an important vote to lose, especially if she ends up with like some kind of lame challenge or even worse, if she would have, you know, wagered for it and not gotten the immunity cha- uh, or the secret advantage or whatever it is. Uh, she would have been in a really tough spot explaining that away to the rest of her tribe why she can't vote. Uh, so I think for her game, she probably made the right decision. Uh, but it was interesting because that entire tribe, that you know, the, the whole buildup of the episode, I don't think we saw the Orange Tribe at all uh, going into the reward challenge. Uh, the whole first portion of the episode took place over at the Purple Camp with the whole dynamic between Dom and Chris, which I'm really digging. That uh, rivalry has been one of the best things of the season, I think, so far. Not quite as cool at all as the Boston Rob, uh, Russell Hance uh, showdown that took place during Heroes vs. Villains pre-merge. Uh, so I'm not trying to put it in the same boat as that, but I like it in terms of that because it's definitely like this building rivalry and these two players are having to live with each other now going into the fifth episode <laughs> uh, and having wanting to get rid of each other from the first second that they laid eyes on each other. So I like that whole buildup. Uh, Laurel really stuck out this week. Uh, she was a challenge beast. She totally dominated the physical water ring challenge, and then she showed some uh, you know strategic savvy too by you know basically saying that she's not gonna you know kowtow to uh, to Chris's you know dictator style of of leadership, uh, and she kind of struck a deal with Dom and Wendell, and uh, we'll have to see where that goes. It's especially interesting because. She seemed to have gotten Donathan in on board on that as well, but Donathan, we're seeing in the uh, preview for next week, kind of bonding with Chris. So it looks like Donathan is going to have some decisions to make as to where his loyalty lies. But how about Donathan? This kid was uh, a target right out of the gate. Everybody was uh, gunning for him. Everybody thought that he was going to go home, and he suddenly has slipped into this position of power. Uh but anyway, there's lots of good stuff going on at that camp. Uh, but that's not the way the Survivor normally goes. You know, when you watch the season of Survivor, you know, people that have watched the show for so long, if you've been a fan like I have since the very beginning, you kind of start to tend to feel like you know how the editing is going. So you kind of understand where the episode is going. So, for example, you know that, like, if they're being pretty clear about who's getting voted out that that's probably not going to happen they're going to try to throw in some kind of wrench into that you know so you can kind of pick up on subtle things or if people start talking more than they had been previously you're kind of like oh wait you know why are they showing a lot of uh bradley tonight you know like uh he might be in danger so you can you kind of pick up on stuff like that and the good episodes of survivor it's almost like the editors and the producers know what the audience is expecting and so they kind of lead you on to believe something, and then they kind of throw a curveball at the last second. That's when I love Survivor is when they keep you on your toes when it's unpredictable. Not every episode is unpredictable. A lot of times you can still kind of tell where things are going to go. But uh, this was one of those episodes where I had no idea. I thought for sure Purple was going to lose the challenge because uh, we had just seen their camp thus far. So they hadn't even you know uh, foreshadowed anything happening at the Orange Camp. And then that challenge happened, and what a crazy challenge. Uh, I don't really talk that much about challenges on the podcast or in my reviews. I mean, they're a cool part of the show. Uh, you know, I'm more strategic-minded and, and things like that, but once in a while the challenges kind of dominate and take over the conversation. And that was one heck of a comeback for the Purple team. Uh, forgive me, too, by not using their actual tribe names because I could 
totally care less. I mean, most people know them as their their colored tribe names. So anyway, the Purple Tribe, it was a total train wreck. They couldn't get the water gate open. They couldn't get the box even set on the track the right way. Chris was like the only one pulling the rope at one point. He had to like remind people that they were part of the challenge. It was like a total train wreck. And then somehow, some way, they kept fighting and end up winning <laughs> and uh, saving themselves. All of this, of course, uh, to the chagrin of Brendan, uh, who ended up again going home. He only went home, though, after Michael, uh, again, just showing just his his uh, presence this season, too. I mean, here's a kid again. I call him a kid because he's 18. He's the youngest person ever to play Survivor. And we know that he, uh, you know, this was quite... Uh, an episode for him he, he he's telling people he's 23 24 and we see uh just how he's playing the game so well it's at such a young age uh not just with playing the idol and not only telling his tribe about his idol and trying to use it to their advantage but just the way he carried himself at tribal council um he said a lot of interesting great things that seemed to maybe influence or plant some seeds with sebastian and chelsea moving forward he also came up with the incredible bluff about James's idol being able to protect two people which was just brilliant uh and and a great gameplay even though of course it didn't work out in the end and that was a lie and nobody ended up flipping and Michael ended up using the idol incorrectly all of that aside you gotta love Michael so far and what he's bringing to the table uh now with Brendan out of the picture it'll be interesting to see what happens over at that tribe uh because they could just be sitting ducks after all Unless, unless he got to Chelsea and Sebastian, uh, which is what we will have to kind of keep an eye on. But overall, a very solid episode. Guys like Brendan don't often last long in Survivor. He seemed a little too wholesome, a little too much of a natural leader. Uh, you know, he's a little bit older. Even though at 41, he's still on the, uh, the, the senior end of this, the show's cast this year. And all of those things usually point to people getting voted out early uh, at some point, which is what happened with Brendan. Uh, but a nice guy, nice guy. We're going to talk to him here. That'll wrap up my recap portion. So let's get right into my interview now with Brendan and then stick around uh, after the interview. We'll just kind of preview uh, next week and uh, look ahead of uh, what we got going on. So there you have it. Here's my interview with Brendan. Uh, and remember to follow me uh, at Tom Santilli on Twitter uh, for all my Survivor coverage and movie reviews. Here's the interview. Hey, Brendan, how are you, man? You're welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really good. Uh, good to talk to you. Sorry to talk to you so early in the season, though, man. I was, I was rooting for you out there. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a bummer to be talking to you now, but uh, <laughs> hey, that's the way it goes. Well, let's just start right off the bat. You know, I, I got a ton of questions for you about the, the Tribal Council last night. Uh, you know, T- tell me kind of what your guys' mood was going into there. I know that, you know, your hope kind of, you know, relied on Michael and how he played the idol. But just kind of talk about what your feel was going in, what the plan was, and if anything had changed up, up until the vote, uh, just kind of where you were at mentally going into tribal. Um, you know, kind of whenever you go to tribal council, those last, uh, those last couple hours are always, a little hectic and chaotic, and, and um, in the, in the run-up to, to that type of council, um, you know, we felt like we were in a pretty bad spot. Uh, I, I had a conversation, though, with Helen, um, where she, you know, we were just kind of having a heart-to-heart, and, and 
and I I revealed to her that the next day was my birthday, and I was just really hoping. I knew I was in the wrong set of numbers, but I hoped that I could stick around because it was always my dream to be playing on my birthday. And, and um, Helen is such a sweet person and so empathetic that I think she couldn't help herself, and that, like a tear came to her eye. And uh, and she turned away really quickly and just started talking about something cheerful, but but I saw it, mm. and I don't think she knew that I saw it. So I went running to Michael, and I had already told Michael that I thought they were going to come for one of the guys that that, that they. They were telegraphing it that they were going to go for, for Stephanie or Jenna, and I just I just had a feeling we were the guys. And then when I had that conversation with Helen, it kind of cemented in my mind what was going to happen. And so, yeah. uh, I told Michael, and and um, and he just had a hard time believing that they were going to go after one of the guys that early. Um, yeah. And that was I don't know maybe an hour or so before we left the travel council. And then you know we have to go do interviews and stuff like that, so we're not always together. Uh, well, eventually we, you know, we got to travel council, and, and, and Michael was trying to get my attention at one point, um, and I couldn't quite tell what it was he was trying to get, trying to tell me. Um, but um, in any event, you know, travel council happened, and Jeff asked me uh, whether I felt like I was safe, and I told him that <laughs> I said no. I think they're trying to make it look like it's Stephanie, and it's really going to be me. <laughs> um, you know, and I kind of laid it out there. Um, and then when Michael got up and did his thing with the idols. Uh, you know, he, he gave his little speech, and then right before right before he gave his little speech, he said to me, hey, I, I think it's Steph. And, and I didn't know whether, you know, you never know out there what you miss. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know whether he knew something I didn't know, like maybe a, a plan had changed or they had, had you know, he overheard a conversation late in the game or, you know, something. And so I hope he is right. I kind of hope he gets hope. And, and it turns out that uh, I guess my instinct was, was, was on, and, and, um, and I, went, I went packing. So it was kind of like a, the Saturday that it's like, you know, you see your, you, you see the train coming down the track mm-hmm. and it's far away and yet you can't get off the track. It's that kind of feeling. <laughs> um, I kind of saw it coming and, uh, and it ran me over, unfortunately. Well, and it sounds like you had, you had some level of trust in Michael, right? I mean, because it wasn't like you were pushing him, pushing him, pushing him, like you got to play it on me, you got to play it on me. You kind of were trusting his instincts to a certain extent as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I trusted him in the whole game, and um, and you know he had had my back the whole time, and, and and vice versa. And and like I said, you know, you 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 only know what you see out there. You're seeing a piece of the puzzle, not the whole thing. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I think I maybe I had had to have an interview right before travel council or something. And so you never know what you miss, and and things do change on a dime out there. And so I just hoped that he was right. That you know that that he had seen or heard something. To, to lead him to believe it was actually going to be Stephanie Johnson, and uh, hope he was right. And um, you know, it turns out he was. But it wasn't. You know, it certainly wasn't the lack of trying. He's, um, sure. You know, he had he had the Malolo, the original Malolo Ford interest at heart for sure. You know, it wasn't a selfish play. He could have just played on himself to be safe. You know, he didn't do that. Uh, you know, he's trying to do what was best for the four of us, the best for our long-term game, and and you know, it just didn't work out. You know, um, was there any confidence at all that, you know, what you guys were doing was um, possibly swaying Sebastian or Chelsea? Did you feel that they really struggled with kind of deciding what to do, or do you feel like it was pretty much a done deal? You know, we didn't know what to do. We kicked around the idea of of approaching one or both of them before Tribal Council, and we just thought, you know, if they're smart, they're not going to bite if they have time to think about it. Right. And so we decided that we would spring the barrage on them, like in the moment, and hope that we'd get them to do a panic move. Okay. Um, and to their credit, they didn't. You know, they they kind of did the smart, the safe, smart play, and and um, 
So, you know, we went in with that plan. We figured, hey, why not give it a shot? Uh, it probably won't work, but you never know. Survival crazy things happen. So we gave it a try, and, uh, you know, <laughs> it didn't work. And it was kind of what we expected, but we figured, you know, we had to, we had to at least uh, throw something against the wall and see what happens. <laughs> You know, Michael told the, that big lie, too, at Tribal, which was pretty awesome, I thought, about, you know, the, the fact that uh, James's idol might protect two two of you instead of just one. It kind of throws an extra loop for to everybody. What, was that something he just came up with on the spot, or is that something you guys had talked about ahead of time also? Yeah, so, um, yeah, full credit to Michael on that one. So we had kind of come up with the approach for how we were going to handle Tribal Council together, but when it comes to that specific piece of, of – uh, Saying that the James Idol covered two people, which made a lot of sense. I mean, it, you know, right. I, I would have believed it. Yeah. Um, it. It was that was 100 percent him. He came up with that on his own, and, and um, you know, he's just he's a really savvy player. Um, you know, it's starting to come through um, on the edit, but he's, uh, you know, I think he's a triple threat. I really do. Um, I, you know, I couldn't be more impressed with what he's doing. I mean, if he were 30 years old, I'd be impressed with what he's doing. The mm-hmm. fact that he was 18 years old at the time. Is mind blowing, you know. He's just uh, an incredibly impressive guy, and uh, you know, I, I, I wish him all the continued success in the game. I, you know, I, I think he's going to be great. You know, so so people, you know, on the show, uh, you're kind of cut in the mold. A lot of people had referred to you kind of like Tom Westerman kind of guy. You know, you're, you're a natural leader. Uh, you you seem like you're you know honest and loyal. Um, that was kind of your perception out there too. You know, this episode we saw the other people describing you as, you know, giving pep talks and things like that. Um, talk about the, the perception of like, you know, how you were perceived out in the game versus how, you know, you, you know, you tried to play the game, I guess. Yeah. So I think, I think anyone who goes out there needs to play, um, play a flexible game. And uh, my goal is, my goal in pregame, you know, we spent a few days together. We can't talk to each other, but we spent a few days together mm-hmm. uh, kind of in the same places. They're preparing all of us to go out and get on the beaches. And and, uh, and my goal was to seem at, like, kind of the all-American nice guy dad, you know, because mm-hmm. it's disarming. And uh, and so that was my goal, and I think I was pretty successful in that. And, and it, you know, I mean, it wasn't that hard, right, because I'm, I'm like a dad, and I, I try to be nice people in life. So, but having said all that, I was – you know, fully prepared to, uh, you know, go behind people's backs and back out and do all kinds of stuff as, as needed. And I just felt like the game, as the game set up for me out there, I made the moves that were the right moves at the time. So, like, in that first boat out, um, you know, kind of steering the boat towards Gonzalez made the most sense for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the second boat out, uh, you know, kind of trying to get trying to get Jacob and, and make, make him feel comfortable. Um, again, made sense for me at the time, you know, and, and, uh, and so there were moves. I was trying to create moves that would create, you know, kind of keep order in the tribe because I was looked at as a leader and I, I, I knew I wouldn't be able to help that. I mean, I was 15 years older than the next oldest man right. and like seven years older than the next oldest woman. So I just knew that was unavoidable. And so I didn't want a situation where I was perceived as a leader and people were upset and ready to start, you know, kind of stabbing each other in the back. I wanted to create situations where everyone was on the same page at least as much as I could mm-hmm. and I was able to do that in those first couple boats and, and I felt like I had an in with pretty much everybody um had a great relationship with Laurel it doesn't show in the in the in the edit but you know she and I were really tight really great relationship with Donathan James likewise so I was kind of in with everybody and and uh um although I'm not sure anybody knew quite 
that I was in with everybody, which is where I wanted to be, you know. And and um, mm-hmm. and then when we got uh, swapped, and I was at the bottom, you know, in in, a, in the minority, um, I, I kind of had to play differently, right? I took a more passive role, let the Navidis kind of take charge and do what they wanted to do, and I had to kind of look for my opportunity. And and that's where we went scrambling to find the idol and found it. Things didn't work out as we hoped, but uh, I think we had a good game plan. It's, it's the execution one that there. You know, you mentioned it too, but you know, at at 41 years old, I think when the game played, um, you probably didn't expect to be the uh, the elder statesman out there on the island. Uh, when you were getting a, a yeah, initial, no chance. <laughs> when you got that initial look at the rest of the castmate and saw how young this cast was, um, did you feel? Did that enter your mind as as a, a, being a challenge? And did you actually feel that out there? Did you feel that there was an age gap in terms of you being able to connect to certain people? Um. So yeah. So I was shocked when I saw that how how young everyone was. Um. But you know, out on the on the beach, I mean, you have to ask them this, but I kind of felt like I was able to integrate pretty well. But I would say that that's kind of equal credit to me and to the other people out there. You know, like um. You know, I was talking about this with somebody earlier. So you take somebody like Jenna, who, you know, is, is was like 22 at the time, and it's just in a totally different phase of life for me. Couldn't be more different. Yet she kind of went out of her way to meet me on my level. You know, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't just me uh, integrating myself. It was everybody was kind of out there looking to 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 bring everybody else into the fold. It was a good group. They made it easy on me. So I never felt. I mean. Look, let's be honest. Like I was the old man out there, and 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 I mean, we all knew it. But I was never made to feel like the odd one out. Sometimes in Survivor, you see that where mm-hmm. there's this division of like the old people and the young people, or whatever. I was never made to feel like the old guy. I was I was always made to feel a part. Great. You know, I I follow you on Twitter too, and I saw that you posted something that I thought was really cool. Uh, can, can you tell me about the uh, significance of the three fingers during your uh, interviews? Yeah. So so you know my my. My wife um, has been with me for the entire. You know, I've applied, I applied 15 times, and, uh, and she, she suffered through every one of them. When I would apply and be disappointed, and apply and be disappointed, and all that kind of stuff. And she hung with me, and always believed that I'd make it. And my kids are huge fans of the show, and uh, and you know they 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 could not have been more supportive, and they said all the right things before I left. You know, and, and uh, made me feel great about the fact that I was going, and I knew they were behind me, and so I wanted to have a call out to them. I knew they would until, you know, half a year later, but I don't know how to call out to them. So there are three of them, and, and I have my three fingers, but also those three fingers, if you hold them up, they make a W. If you hold them down, they make an M. And, my, you know, my wife's name is Margie. My uh, daughter's name is Molly. My son's name is Will. So I got W's and M's covered there. So I figured awesome. that was uh, a symbol that I could probably get away with, that it wouldn't be too obvious that I was, like, doing something crazy with my hands or whatever out there. Uh, <laughs> something subtle I could do and, and – um, and actually, I was watching some of the secret scenes or whatever that that CBS all access put out, and and uh, and in, in all those, you could see my see those three fingers keep popping. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad I got on film a few times. And actually, when I sat at tribal council, I sat with my three fingers when I wasn't gesticulating. I sat with my three fingers like pointed out on my knees at all times. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, I, I really I thought that was a cool little thing uh, to hear about, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, my last question for you that I have is, you know, you said you've been trying to get on Survivor for a long time. You called it your, you know, your 16-year Survivor journey. Uh, 
now that you've played the game, I'm sure that you have a lot of, you know, things that you wish you would have still been able to do in the game. But with the time you did have in the game, any regrets? Any regrets on uh, what you did in the game? Anything you would have done differently that you think might have led to a different outcome? Um, you know, strategically, I feel like I, I played the game I needed to play out there. You know, you got to catch a break or two. Um, and and the, the breaks just weren't going my way. Uh, and, that you know, that happens, right? That's you know, in any in any competition, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like, from a strategic standpoint, I played it the way I had to play it. Uh, the only change I would make sounds like a stupid one is is uh, I'd probably come in a little heavier. Um, I made a conscious decision beforehand. I thought I could either beef up um, or I could take uh, another approach. I, one time I heard Jeremy Collins talk about kind of trying to train his metabolism to be slower, so learn to kind of do the work off of less calories, so that it wasn't as big a shock when he got out there. And, uh, and so I figured, hey, I'll give that a shot. Like, the idea of going from 3,000 calories a day to, you know, 200 was maybe, I don't know, that, that sounded like it wasn't a great idea, that maybe I should train myself to operate off the left. So I came in kind of lean, and I wasn't able to slow down metabolism. I was, I was losing weight like a pound a day. Um, and so I was wasting away to nothing out there. Um, and so I'd probably come in a little heavier as uh, I can't do it again. Well, hey, man, it was great talking to you. My time's up. Uh, you know, it was great watching on the show, and uh, best of luck to you moving forward. I appreciate it. All right, take care. And there you have it. There's my interview with Brendan. Again, real nice guy. Sorry to see him go, but uh, somebody has to leave, and uh, it was him. So that'll do it for this week. Uh, next week, again, it looks like uh, hopefully another good episode. Doesn't look like anything major in terms of, like, merge or tribe swap. It looks like another kind of uh, straightforward episode. We'll have to see where it goes. Uh and it looks like, uh, again, Michael and them are going to be on the run on their tribe. And hopefully we'll get more of the Dom-Chris thing. Will it all come to a head? Uh, we'll have to see. The episode next week, uh, let's do it, man. Uh, you can also you know, you find me on realitytea.com. That's where my written reviews will be every Wednesday night. The podcast next week will be back on Thursday for another round of the exit interview. And uh, in the meantime, you know, follow my stuff. I'm a movie critic. I'm on television in the Detroit area on Fox 2. I'm on the show Critically Speaking. I also have some other cool gigs coming up, uh, another program I'm going to be appearing on, as well as a radio show possibly. So check me out in the Detroit area. You can also watch the Critically Speaking episodes on Facebook. There's a Critically Speaking Facebook page where they put the full episodes up every Sunday. It's a movie review show. It's really cool. Check it out. Uh, follow me at Tom Santilli. That's where all my stuff will post, uh, my Survivor coverage, my movie reviews. This week we got movies like uh, Tomb Raider and Love, Simon are, are hitting theaters, so be sure to check those out. That'll do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining me here on the Film Survivor podcast. Uh, it's been another fun week of Survivor, and I hope that it just gets better and better and better. Have a good week, and we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>